Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles, your favorite true crime podcast. I am Donnie, and with me is a man that doesn't go to sleep and wake up like everybody else. He passes out and comes to. <laughs> it's Dale. Well, it's a little simpler that way. Yeah. <laughs> we have no time restraints. That's true. You don't have to lay down and try to go to sleep. You just, you're just, you're out and then you're up. Yeah, wherever you are. You just there you are. Passes out and comes to. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, dude? Oh, you know. Same old, same, same old, old, same old. Yeah, man. We gotta make a shirt, man. Yeah, we gotta make a same <laughs> old. We keep saying that. Hey, we need to write that down. Yeah, write it down. Write it down. We gotta get a board. We gotta we'll have a board. We're write it on the refrigerator. We tell everybody, or we tell each other that uh, we need to write that down, but yeah. we don't write nothing down. <laughs> but we really do. Yeah. We'll just uh, type it to ourselves and send ourselves a text message. We do. We do that a lot. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. You gotta get shout outs, buddy. Hey. Oh, bring it on. Bring it on. There. We got us a couple of Apple Podcasts five stars. Five stars. First up, we have one that says, this is uh, Frank1043. Awesome show. Great job, guys. I love the time and effort you put into each episode. Signed, the retired chief DJ. Well, well we that's a good friend of ours. That is. We appreciate that. Thanks for taking the time to type a few words in the box there and give us a little love. We appreciate that. Man, we sure do. And surprise. Hey. We got another one. Bring it on. This comes from... Okay, I'll quick clap. This comes, this comes from uh, Shelly Stitchcomb. Is it Stitchcomb or Stitchcomb? You say it fast or slow? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it says, great podcast. I have always loved true crime documentaries. I came across your podcast and gave it a try. I've been hooked ever since. I listen to each new show while working. Donnie and Dale are great at telling the stories and also researching and digging deeper into each case covered. Keep up the great work. Wow. Man, hey, um, that's a little feel goods for us, ain't we? like some feel goods. Yeah, Shelly's a friend of mine, and I didn't blackmail her or bribe her into doing that. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I see, well, I wonder what the package full of money over there was for. Yeah. <laughs> like we got it. Yeah, exactly. But we want to thank those guys for Oh, we really and, appreciate that. That just means the world does. Yep. If anybody else wants to be like those fine folks and go to Apple Podcast and leave a five star, please write something in the box. That's and, right. It, I cannot tell you how much it helps. Yeah, even if you want to trash us, give us five stars and then just let her let us have it in the box. Just at least give us five stars. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we had one one time. It was just praising us for the show, but it's like, but, you know, there was a breathing in the microphone, so they gave us four stars or something, yeah. or three stars. I'm like, dang, dude, just, you're getting it free. Just give us five, and, and then just you can just wire us out in the comments if you want. We can take it. We ain't charging anybody <laughs> for this. You're getting it free, Yeah. and you want to give a, a low rating. Really? Yeah, come on. Yeah. We love y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. What we got going on? We've got a missing persons case this week, dude. Mm. Yeah. We're going up to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Ooh, the tundra. Yeah. And we're talking about a guy by the name of Alexander Michael Crook. Mm. But he went by Alex. And his birth date is January the 15th, 1987. He was 36 years old, but he went missing in 2020. And there's a little bit of discrepancy on the date he went missing. Um, the yeah. Charlie Project has it listed as July 17th, 2020. Well, maybe we can get that clarified. I hope we can. Get what I said there? Yeah, I got yeah. you. I got you. I, I picked up on that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he is missing from Milwaukee, like we said, and his family is just desperate, dude, to find out some answers on where he's at. Well, let's see if we can his, get him out. His mom and his sister, and, and we wanted to help get the word out, but... We are so pleased to have on the show Alex's sister, Claire. Claire Crook. Claire Crook. Welcome to the show, Claire. Thank you. 
we thank for you. having me. We thank you for doing this and uh, helping us try to get Alex's word out there to all our listeners and and try to see what's going on with, with him. I mean, I listened to a podcast with Katrina, your mom, and so many questions we have. But let's just start a little bit about Alex when he was young. Tell us a little bit about his younger life. Sure. Um, so he was born in Illinois. Um, my mom's family is from Illinois, so my dad was working down in Illinois, and that's where my parents met. So they married there. Alex was born probably about a year later, and then they moved to Wisconsin. My dad's family is from the Milwaukee area. So we lived our whole lives here. So he only lived a short while in Illinois. Um, essentially, we are, it's uh, me, Alex, and two other brothers. I'm the youngest. I'm the only girl mm -hmm. and um so growing up um alex and my other brother played a lot of sports so we spent a lot of time um going to baseball games football games i believe also basketball games i can't remember a lot of my childhood is watching um alex play sports yeah <laughs> so we would travel the country he was on they him and my other brother were both on the aau baseball teams alex um was heavily scouted right-handed pitcher he can pitch over 90 miles an hour um he also was the quarterback in middle school he did take the uh tosa red raiders to the state championship and they did win that wow um he was very much into sports he loved the green bay packers the milwaukee bucks he does love the north carolina tar heels also boy. Carolina tar heels <laughs> yeah boy. <clears throat> that, that was a, a one of his biggest um or one of his favorite teams was the carolina tar heels um and then the wisconsin badgers um besides that um so a lot of it was just um you know we would spend the summers at baseball games we would spend the fall at football games my dad coached both of the boys on the football teams my dad also helped coach the baseball teams so we just spent a ton of time really with sports. Um, besides that, we would do a lot of traveling. Um, my family always loved going down south, and that's why most of my family has not re relocated down south. Mm -hmm. um, Alex, um, really his main thing was sports. And then, um, you know, so me being I'm four years younger than him, um, so he was always a good older brother, and then at um, at some point in high school, he kind of went down a bad path, got into some bad things, and then he did at one point um, get married and and whatnot. Um, but that didn't work out, and then after that ended, it it seemed like his his life kind of kept taking a downward spiral. Um, not too, you know just look at the negative aspect but when that happened in high school my parents spent a lot of time trying to help him and help him get better and um unfortunately it just was the addiction he just couldn't kick that part um so that was a big struggle and i've had a lot of friends struggle with that even um i even struggled with that myself i'm actually uh five years sober now well, congratulations um, from alcohol so I was a big drinker. Alex was a big other things. <laughs> so, um, you know, when I got sober and I was back in Wisconsin, I was really trying to make contact with him to see if I could help him. But um, Alex, really, the main thing with him is playing sports. He would like to go work out. He would like to go run. Um, he's a funny, 
goofy guy, um, you know, when he was uh, kind of in bad things, obviously he, you know, did, made some bad choices, as I have also. <laughs> so he may have uh, kind of uh, made some people angry. But, um, yeah, a lot of, you know, I guess a lot of the childhood was really just traveling and watching mm-hmm. sports. I mean, I can remember sitting on the sideline watching him throw the football, um, get touchdowns. He once almost, like, rolled into me because I was standing on the sideline. I'd always <laughs> go there as, like, the little cheerleader yeah. cheering them on. Um, I-, I have caught the baseball that he threw, and he almost, you know, broke my hand because wow. he can throw a hell of a fastball. Um, and he, like I said, he was heavily scouted. He played in Cooperstown, New York. He went to the Baseball Hall of Fame there. He played at Miller Park. He played at the stadium in Minnesota and Minneapolis. I mean, we went all over the place. So um, it's unfortunate that his life path didn't lead to that because he mm. had a lot of talent. He's a very talented athlete. So that was his you know, biggest love. Yeah, I think your mother said on the other one he was throwing like 95 miles an hour as a freshman in high school, which is amazing to me. Yeah, it's just um, so unfortunate that, um, yeah, he probably would have been scouted, you know, if things oh, would have played out a different way. I mean, he was being looked at for that, definitely. And um, and then, you know, when it came to football, when it came to high school, I don't know the whole story, but from what I was told, it seemed like there was a coach that was on that football team that wanted their son to be the quarterback, and now my brother so there was some sort of weird mm. political thing going on there. So I'm not exactly sure what happened with football. But, um, but yeah, with baseball, he did continue to play even in high school. And um, to be honest, I don't remember all that. I mean, God, that we were talking like, what, 20 years ago? Yeah, right. A long time ago. So um, and probably a lot of us. We had a very connected family growing up, you know. Yeah. So. And a lot of it's probably just a blur to you now, all those traveling days and all those games, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, I definitely remember it, but yeah. being four years younger, if he was, say, I don't know, 14, 15, so I was 10, 11. Right. Yeah. I was young. <laughs> yeah. At what point in high school did he start going down the wrong path? What grade was he in? Um, I want to say it was like eighth grade going into ninth grade. Really? Um, I want to say, but I think it was probably more around like age 15. Probably. Yeah, but I feel like there was some incident when he was in middle school and high school. I'm not sure on that. Obviously, my parents would know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I was so young, so like, let's say what he was in eighth grade. What I was like eight, nine. So I don't remember all that. <laughs> what about his friends in uh, middle school and high school? What were his friends like? The people he hung around. Um. So I don't really remember who his friends were in elementary and middle school. But I do know that when he started going down a bad path, I think that they were, you know, I think some were decent people. But unfortunately, and I've seen it because I've had a lot of friends die of addiction. Um, You know, once, especially, you know, when you're using drugs, once you get caught up in that beast, it's very hard to kick that. So that makes you do a lot of things um, that you may not do. And I've lost a lot of friends. So I would say that. You know, as people, I don't think that they're horrible people, but obviously made some bad choices due to their addiction. I yeah. don't know if that makes any sense, but. Oh, definitely, yeah, because once you get, you know, wrapped up in it, it is hard to get out. 
even on, uh, you know, like for people who have a car accident or something and get like pain pills and stuff once you do that. And then it's just, if some people just right. get a hold and of I them think, and you can't uh, get out. I think my mom said that there was a doctor who got him on medicine and that also contributed. I'm not quite sure, but, uh, I do know that that all started with weed and just went downhill from there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and I will say, um, though I think Alex is kind of a lot like, I think we're very similar. I mean, I'm kind of more of a loner, and I think Alex was kind of more of a loner. Hmm. I mean, he did. Yeah. He was very social. He talked to people, but he probably had only maybe one or two true friends. Right. When he was in uh, middle school or high school, when did he, did he drop out of high school? Did he, what did he do? Did he just ultimately quit or what, what happened there, Claire? Um, from what I was told, he didn't finish his senior year, but he did get his, his uh, GED. I think he's maybe stopped going to school, mm-hmm. um, but he did get his GED and he eventually did get his CNC machining um, certification. And so he was doing that. And he did do really well in school when he applied himself. I mean, he was a straight-A student. I mean, he's very intelligent, very talented. Um, it's really unfortunate what addiction can do to people's lives. Yeah, very much so, yeah. But you said he ended up getting married and he had a little girl. Um, He did. Yeah. Um, And that... Was that a point in his life when he was trying to, to get clean and... Try to straighten up a little? Yeah. I believe so, but I'm not exactly sure what happened there. But then I think he, again, started just going down a bad path, and they eventually got divorced. I don't remember the reason for their divorce. Um, it's just been so many years. You know, yeah. I was probably in high school, right? So, again, what, at least maybe 15 years ago. It was a long time. Yeah, yeah um, that's understandable. Exactly. So he, he just, when they had a falling out, and then um, then due to his lifestyle choices, he just did not see his... Um, child as much so um i know that really hurt him yeah um well, let me ask you it's this. really hard when you're trying to crawl up from the bottom up oh, you know sure. because i've been there where i had to rebuild my life from nothing uh quite a few times in the past probably 15 years and it's very hard to stick with it and, and get it together and it takes more than one try and i probably dealt with that for about 10 years until i was finally able to achieve um a better life and so yeah yeah, so it just it takes it just takes a lot to fight yourself out of that hole you're in so according Uh, to according to the charlie project website uh it has his missing date on there of july 17th 2020 but that is not correct is it no that is the last day that he according to the milwaukee police logged into social media uh-huh. But I do know that my family heard from him on August 6, 2020, we believe is the last time. Mm-hmm. But there's also a tip that I have kind of forgotten about, um, that there's someone that I've known that has known our family for many years that did spot Alex in downtown Milwaukee, he said, around the first week in September. Hmm. And he is somebody who would know Alex. And so, I guess to to make it clear is he didn't he did speak of wanting to move, um, leave the country. But he's talked about many different places, and I will tell you that Alex would say a lot of things, and none of it might hold any weight. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, like I would love to move to an island, but that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. it's yeah. just 
it's not going to happen. So, you know, the whole point of that, though, is the two people that spotted him, and I do believe it to be credible, then that just proves the point that he never left Milwaukee, yeah. like I've been saying this whole time. And that is the last person to see him. They did see him um, walking south on Van Buren Street near the Metro Market in Milwaukee, in downtown Milwaukee, and he had two plastic bags. I believe it sounded like he may have been coming out of, like, Pick and Save, which is a grocery store here. Right. And that is the last time he was spotted. So what happened from August to September is still kind of a question mark. Um, but, you know, it that might... I'm not saying they're wrong. It might not have been the first week in September. It could have been a couple weeks before. I mean, it's hard to say now. It's been years. So So at the time of his disappearance, he didn't have a car or any kind of transportation or really didn't have any money or income, did he? Um, he was working. <clears throat> okay. okay. We haven't been able to pinpoint exactly where um that's been a little difficult i know that the police did go to several places that they were told by friends he worked at and everywhere they went the people that worked there the managers and everything said they didn't know him (laughs) Hmm. so they went to about i think three or four places maybe at least three and they said he never worked there and they don't know him so that's odd um any other place that i found since then that i've been told that he worked there i've reached out to them and i haven't heard back um it's a little difficult to get, you know, employment records and such. So, but I do know he was working, and he did tell my dad and grandma he was working right before he disappeared. Okay. So, um, but no, he does not have a car. He would take the bus a lot. He would take the Milwaukee County Transit, the Waukesha County bus um, when he was out in Waukesha County. So, Waukesha County is right next to Milwaukee County. Um, And then... um, but, yeah, he did not have a lot of money. Hmm. I mean, it wouldn't have been a lot. Probably maybe $200, I would say. So that's not going to really serve someone for three years. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, and it's not going to get you to Mexico either. No. You said you hadn't solved any kind of threats or anything like that or any kind of danger you know, involved with his disappearance. But do you have any idea who he was probably hanging around with at this time when he went missing? Um, I do know of quite a few people, but... um, Are they talking? Are they saying anything? They... So some of the people, they said that he said he was going to go to Mexico, that he had a Greyhound ticket, and then the other story was he just took off, and then the other story was he walked off, and then the other story was they checked his room and his stuff was gone, and the other story was he got in a car with some woman, and then there was another... I don't know. It's all crazy. Um, he did, my dad did say that he said he was going to go stay with some friends somewhere. Um, but I did. So once I recently got into his Facebook, I did see a status, uh, somebody posted saying that he had taken their Xbox or something and he was going to get what was coming to him. And that was in December, 2019 though. Mm. Um, I know the police talked to that person and they said that, no, he didn't steal anything from me, which is weird because that's completely different from what the story says. Yeah. But the other weird thing about that is, um, there, when he went missing, right, we were told he was with, he was hanging around a Mexican one. So when he, we looked on his Facebook, the only Mexican woman we found was a bait profile. So it is a man that poses as a woman 
and he does lure people, I don't know for what purpose, or for sexual favors or whatever he's up to, I don't know. And um, the same day that that status was posted, he did message Alex on Facebook. So I find that very odd. Mm-hmm. But we're still talking. That's about six or seven months before he disappeared. I'm not exactly sure what that whole situation's about. I do think these people are running some kind of scam. I don't really know what scam they're running. Right. But it is very odd to be trying to lure people. There has to be something behind it. So I don't know if... You know, I don't know if they're trafficking other humans or if they're just, you know, like a weird fetish. I don't know what they're doing, but it seems really suspicious to me. Um, So that's one weird thing. And then he did have an open court case. um, And then on the open court case, it said that he had taken money for some woman or something. Um, And I will say that when he was hard on money and my family decided they just... My parents essentially weren't going to financially help him anymore about a year before he disappeared. Then um, he started stealing from people. So, you know, and that's hard to say because it's like I'm out here asking for answers and, you know, wanting to talk to, you know, people about Alex and they might look at him and be like, oh, he was a piece of crap. You know what I mean? But it's like he was still a human. He had a whole life before yeah, all this happened. So, Absolutely. And I still, even I read the criminal complaint on that case, and criminal complaint on that case doesn't make sense um, because it says this woman hired him and another guy off Craigslist to move her stuff. The other guy has a very odd common name, which to me, who knows? It may be an alias. Who really knows? And supposedly he went to use the bathroom when she came out. She had all this money missing off her counter but to me if you have that much money in your counter i mean why are you hiring people off craigslist to move your stuff and i'm not victim blaming but that story just doesn't make any sense and Hmm. so he was being charged with some type of misdemeanor theft in 2019 but that story doesn't still make sense to me and i am not blaming the woman it just doesn't make sense to me personally and so i know that they were they said it was him because he left some type of id behind (laughs) so that's how they id'd him but obviously, I never talked to him about it. I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. It just seems very odd. Um, that person, the guy he was moving stuff with, I don't personally believe that they didn't know each other like the guy told the detectives. I think that they did know each other, and he was trying to, you know, deflect blame onto Alex. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not – my personal belief is whoever that person is. I mean, they – just from other things I found out, I feel like they may actually know him and – um they didn't want to get caught up in it, essentially. Hmm. So, uh, But it is a misdemeanor warrant. I want people to remember that it's a misdemeanor warrant. It's not really necessarily something you're going to run from for years, especially when you've already been in jail. So I don't believe that that is the reason he's missing. Where was he staying when he went missing? Who was he staying with or or where was he staying? So, <clears throat> so originally, and, and that's the whole weird thing about it, is we've had to piece this together. We originally thought he was missing from in place in Milwaukee, which is the north side. It's not a very good area. But then through reading the police reports, because I have all of them, it seems like he was actually staying on, I don't know if it's like 40th and Lloyd or 20th and Lloyd, something like that, um, with a friend. And anyway, that friend says that he said he was going to Mexico and that was that, that he claimed that the U.S. Marshals were looking for him, which has never been found to be the case. 
Um, I don't know where that comes from. He started saying all kinds of things. I know one of his friends who has been friends with him for about 20 years said that he was ducking behind cars. He thought people were following him. Hmm. So we don't know if he really was after him or if it was a delusion, but he did go to the hospital quite a few times before he disappeared because he was assaulted a few times. So it's hard to say, you know, we weren't there, so we just really don't know. And anybody who's involved in that, like, drug underworld, you know, they're not talking. (laughs) Of course not, yeah. And it could have been a little bit of both, you know. Yeah, and we do know, and I can see messages from um, whoever was dealing him drugs, I mean, but they blocked the profile, so we can't see who the person is, but we can see, okay, this is what was occurring, right? So, But I will tell you that his Facebook was logged into, and it was never logged out of, and previously he was logging in, logging out, logging in, logging out. So, Mm. And then about, you know, um, a month later, and then even about eight months ago somebody has been messing with his emails somebody was messing with his facebook um we posted online that we were trying to find his email right because we were hoping if we could get in his email we could get a location exactly where he was at Mm -hmm. and then right after that somebody manually deleted the email so i find that suspicious wow yeah very that is very suspicious so i do think that I don't think Alex is alive. I do think that someone has his phone. Uh, or by now, maybe they don't have it anymore. But I do think someone has his phone. I probably shouldn't be saying that. But Could at they... this point, there's not much being done on his case. So I guess it just really doesn't matter, in my opinion, anymore. The the authorities aren't doing much on his case at all? So when we give them information, they do follow up on it. But besides that, um, no. I mean, we've been trying to... Um, for years we've been trying to do a search, but in the, in, uh, the state of Wisconsin, any search team needs to be invited in or approved by law enforcement. We've asked several times. We've asked to speak to supervisors. We've been told people will call us back. Nobody calls us back. So I don't know why they won't let us search. I don't really understand the thought process with that. There is literally no recourse for families in the state of Wisconsin. You know, we can't get another agency on his case. There's no laws here for missing persons. We tried to work with the state to see if they could help us, but they claim that the agency is essentially the case owner and there's no way around it. So Hmm. we're kind of stuck. Hmm. So it's one thing to have a missing person, but to also have law enforcement kind of landlocking you into this weird scenario where they didn't ping his phone, they haven't gotten those records. Right, I was going to ask you about that. They claim that they couldn't ping his phone, which I don't believe. Is that that because they think it was a burner phone or you don't know? <clears throat> I believe so, but I will tell you that um, those phones still ping because when I went onto his Facebook and I saw the locations where his phone was at, I went there and he was there, so that mm. is accurate. <laughs> so good, good I wouldn't point, say yeah. that, oh, just because it's a certain phone. I mean, they go off the same cell phone towers, you know. Yeah, yeah, very true. Could the, author- the authorities not tried to ping his phone and go to those locations? Have they tried any, like, anything like that at all? Nope, never. What the heck, man? It's so frustrating, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's kind of like like once your family member in Wisconsin is missing, it's like the police agency essentially owns them, and there's literally no recourse for families. I mean, in the state of Wisconsin, if someone's remains are never found, then they remain forever missing. There's no law here that you can be declared dead after so many years that doesn't exist. Oh, wow. I think I heard your mom say on uh, the podcast that you guys hadn't got any of his uh, belongings. belongings back or anything or his his stuff? 
No, we don't have any of it. We have no idea where it went. Man, this is so... That's so crazy. This is really frustrating to me. I'm Because it's, it's, it's just so hard to find out anything. And I can't well, imagine you what know, you guys it, are going it, through. I guess it's, you know, in the beginning, we... So I tried to report them missing. They wouldn't take a report. They wouldn't take a report. They finally took a report, not from me, but from my other brother in April 2021. And then so from the time you we went missing until December 2021 when my mom went on the news and the officer with the Sensitive Crimes Division saw my mom on the news and she got involved, there was absolutely nothing done. His wow. So we're talking like, I don't know, what is that, like 12, almost, I don't know. That's 16 a long time. months, 18 yeah, months. Yeah, it was almost two years, yeah. <clears throat> and unfortunately, we didn't know anything about missing persons, so we thought that the police would do something and that they were doing something. And when I went to the Milwaukee Police Station in August 2021, and I said, I would like my brother's missing person file. They said, there isn't a file. There's only one piece of paper. <laughs> Jeez. So, and they blame it on us because they said we didn't report a missing right away, which I don't agree with because I tried, and they wouldn't take a report. And they do have a history for doing that. So um, I did talk to a detective the other day and asked them why there's no detectives working missing person cases in Milwaukee. And they said that um, this officer is the best in Milwaukee, probably the best in Wisconsin. So that's the response I got. Hmm. Wow. That is so crazy, Claire. And I mean, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to be enemies with the police, but okay. I mean, we can't even, you know, we're not even allowed to search. We're not even allowed to I know exactly where his last location was, so we can even have the opportunity to find him. I mean, he still does have a relative that, uh, you know, there's things that, that, you know, you know, if we found him, if he is deceased, like we believe, then we could put him to rest, and we don't even have that opportunity. And now so much time has passed, and the more time that passes, you know, that's why I've been really pushing lately to search again. Because once winter comes here, I mean, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Searching in the snow. No doubt. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I'm very passionate now about missing persons. I wish that there was more done for missing persons. I didn't realize that there are so many long-term missing persons in America and that there's very little laws and there's really no recourse for families to get any more assistance. I mean, unless you're going to hire a PI. Um, I've been looking into that. Maybe. I don't really know. I mean, I've done a lot, though. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what else somebody can do for me, but I'm willing to try just because I, I want to know what happened to them. Oh, I agree. Still my oh, family. Do the authorities get in touch with you, or do you have to ultimately contact them to find out anything? I have requested his records. In the state of Wisconsin, there's an open records law, so I've been given the records on his case. Um, the officer in his case does not talk to me directly. She used to, but she only wanted to talk to one family member. So she tells my mom she'll call if there's a major update, and there's been no major update. So then there's no phone call. Hmm. Are you making sense? No, it don't make any sense. <laughs> man, I was just uh, looking through the Facebook page, and man, in 2015, it looked like he really had his stuff together. So it's a shame that he went downhill that quick from there. It was like, I mean, he was. He posted stuff about, you know, not proud of what I did, blah, blah, blah. And I've been from down here to back to here, and it's really this. And I'm, I'm really feeling blessed. I'm like, so he really had it together in that, at that point. So it's really sad that that quickly stuff turned around, and he, now he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah, and he had that on and off. Um, 
I mean, I had two in the past, but I will say, you know, another weird thing is that he did, I found an email that he sent my dad in 2015 that said, uh, well, you don't want me to become a missing person. And I'm like, wow, that's Ooh. not like foreshadowing. That is so odd. Ooh, that's chills. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. I mean, he really claimed that, I don't know, he claimed some interesting things. And a lot of it we thought were delusions. But the more and more I look into things, I'm like, some of this is not delusion. Some of this is real. <laughs> yeah. Claire, what do you ultimately think happened to Alex? Where do you think he's at? Personally, what I think, um, I think, uh, so most people, a lot of people think that he, you know, overdosed and somebody hid his remains, his, hid his body. Um, I think because I work with many psychics and they all tell me the same thing. They all tell me that he was in kind of like a fist fight, a scuffle, which makes sense because he was, you know, when he was in, like, um, high school, they used to have, like, fight club in the backyard, you know, and he could fight. And there was some disagreement over money or something, and then they accidentally hit him with the car, and they threw him in the woods. I've had, like, five psychics tell me that. Mm -hmm. So um, I do think it was either, I, I think it was, like, an accident or foul play. It could be an overdose. I just, the reason I don't believe that is because I've had so many friends overdose, and they have never become missing persons, you know. Usually they're just dumped off or brought to the hospital or so that, I'm not saying it's not possible. I just don't think that it's, there's something more to this from all the information I know. And unfortunately, I just can't put that all out there because it really wouldn't serve a purpose. I mean, I don't want to be like on here naming names and all that because no, I no, still no. certainly do not know. And I don't want to be just throwing people's names out there just to cause chaos right? Um, for no purpose when I don't have hard evidence to prove those things at this moment. Mm-hmm. Well, I have, you know, messages and such, but I don't have hard evidence. You know, I don't have his remains. I don't have his clothes. I don't have video footage. Or so, his phone or anything. It's sad. it's sad. But, yeah, I do really think that he was in an accident or there was some foul play involved is what I do think. And I have always thought. And I, I do think that someone hid his remains. Is it possible Alex is alive out there? I guess there's a very small possibility. But the fact that we've never gotten one sighting of him. Um, we've never gotten one tip that they saw him in Illinois or Iowa or, you know, if you're going to leave Wisconsin and you're traveling, whether you're on an Amtrak, a Greyhound, a plane, anything like that, someone's going to see that person somewhere. So I just kind of find that very hard to believe that, hmm. very hard to believe that he yeah. could, um, you know, be out there when literally we've posted his flyer all over the United States, we've looked all over the United States and Mexico, and there's nothing. The only place he was ever seen was in Milwaukee in the summer of 2020, and that was it. So I'm going to say he's not alive in Wisconsin somewhere. Yeah. Wow. What can uh, our listeners do to help Claire? What What can they do? Can they join the Alex, find Alex Crook's Facebook page? Can they call somebody? Can they, what can our listeners do? Tell us what we can do. Sure. Um, so um, the Facebook page I have for Alex is Bring Alex Crook Home. That's the page that I run. My mom did previously have a Find Alex Crook page, but I'm not sure if it's um, online anymore. She had a problem with a hacker. <laughs> oh, wow. So, um, but I would say if people could share his flyer, I've made some Facebook reels with little videos if they could share that. I'm also on TikTok. If anybody out there in the United States, whether you're Milwaukee, Chicago, or anywhere, has seen him, 
Um, you know, I guess if he is delusional, a, a lot of delusional people tend to go by their middle names, so he could be going by the name Michael. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, he was not somebody who would live homeless, so I just don't foresee that being a thing. And I do believe if he was alive that he would have had police contact by now um, yeah. somehow. But, yeah, if people could share his flyer, his video, if you're listening, if you know anything, if you saw him somewhere in the summer of 2020, if you worked with him, if you have any information, you know, you can reach out to me on my Bring Alex Crook homepage. You can reach out to the Milwaukee Police Sensitive Crimes Division. Um, you know, have it in your heart to know that this was someone's loved one, and we would like to bring him home either way and eventually bring a resolution to his case. And um, we're going to keep searching until we find that and we hope that we're not searching for 10 20 30 40 years yeah well is there any last thing you want to say or anything else you want anything to else you want to add yeah um i will say that i've seen some information online that says that he was hanging out with friends from chicago who had just moved from chicago or people thought maybe he moved from chicago i want to clarify i have no idea where that information came from um you know, he has always lived in Milwaukee or Waukesha counties. So he has always lived here nowhere yeah. else ever. Um, the fact that he might have been hanging out with people from Chicago, I'm not sure where that came from. They also even have a name is that his last clothes was a, what was it, like pants, a shirt, a flannel, and a sweatshirt or something, which that can't be true because this was the summertime in Wisconsin. I think it's hot and humid here. So, again, I don't know where they came up with that. So I don't really find that to be accurate. I don't know who I don't know where that came from, honestly. Um, I actually have talked to the NamUs coordinator. I asked him to update the date, and I also talked to the Charlie Project because I met her in person, and I told her some of that information wasn't correct. So um, I want people to know that everything out there on the internet is not correct. I also saw something about someone um, they had bought him a ticket to go to Mexico. There's no evidence of that. Um, you know, like I said, I'm in his Facebook. There's no, there's no messages with anybody offering to buy a ticket, even, even in the blocked messages. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like people blocked the page. Yeah. After the fact, there's no blocked messages about that. So, that's just some rumor or story. I don't know where that came from either. So, the only thing we do know is that he was in Milwaukee. He disappeared, and that is that. What happened to Alex? We still do not know. Um. There's no evidence. The police looked into Greyhound. They looked into Mexico. They talked to the Border Patrol. He's never crossed the border. He has no passport. Hmm. You know, could he have just walked in? I, I guess, but probably not. It's not really feasible. I don't know who would be, you know, um, <laughs> moving a grown man across the world. That doesn't make any sense. So, Right. Well, Claire, we'll certainly share his photos and his information on our social medias and all of our things that we have. And... We'll get this episode out and maybe maybe find some answers, put it in the ears of everybody and let them be on the lookout for your brother, Alex. Yeah, thank you so much. I do appreciate you having me on the show. Um, and again, yeah, if anyone has any information, we still hope that someday that they would come forward with that information. Well, for sure, yeah. Well, Claire, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show and telling an Alex's story. And, yeah, appreciate and, your time, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, thank you so much. Well, you have a good night. Thank you. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Dale. Again, 
I want to thank Claire for being on the show, man, and telling Alex's story. And that can't be easy, man. No, it can't be. It's got to be tough. It breaks my heart. Yeah, and you could tell it was tough. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, but we're going to put um, Alex's information on our socials and his photographs and his information, like I said, and in her Facebook page. Yes, and guys, share this. Get this family some answers what happened to their family member yeah i mean i got friends and some family up in wisconsin so you guys you know jump on board and help us out yep exactly other than that dude we're gonna get out of here all right let's roll we want everyone to be safe please be careful and just try to look out for each other because the next episode could be about you this is the crack Crack house Chronicles. chronicles